Freedom is never more than one generation away from We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hello, and welcome to Battlefields. I am your host, Ryan Fields. With me tonight is Cody. How you doing, Cody? I'm doing good, hanging in there. How are you? Doing good, yeah. Doing good. Um, Well, we will, I guess, jump right into things tonight. We have our returning guest, Dr. Patricia Powers. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk to her a little more about her actual field of uh, endocrinology. Yes, and that was uh, specifically, we were wanting to touch on like testosterone and estrogen and kind of the uh, disruptors that are out there that we probably, probably come into contact with every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, well try to talk to her about a few different things with um just different parts that uh that will the the way those two specifically but the endocrine system as a whole is affected by a lot of different things right around us in our environment it's such a broad subject yeah yeah so hopefully this will go uh smoothly and coherently because there's just so much to unpack and so, it's coming from us, and you know we've we've done some research, uh, but it's not our specialty; it's hers. So right. we're trying to ask the right questions, just to um, to better understand and and get some get some real, you know, wisdom on the topic from uh, you know since she is the doctor on the subject. So we're right. we're gonna try to. That said, any feedback uh, any feedback on this after the show would be awesome. Right, yeah, and we'll we'll throw out all the um, you know contact information at the end and everything, but always always open for that on the uh, emails and, and feedback on everything. Um, so, yeah, like if this is more of what you'd like to hear, that's great to know. If you'd like to hear less of stuff like this, or drop in what you want to hear more of. Yeah, because I mean that's uh, just like we did in that intro episode where you kind of. Didn't want it to specifically be a uh, a political show, or uh, you know, it intended for it to cover a lot of broad topics, just lots of different areas of life, these different um, different aspects that are all just brought together, kind of in the 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 human condition from our relevant, right? Relevant yeah, is the word our 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 spirituality, our health, our our hobbies, uh, our our government, our surroundings, just yeah, so. Leave any feedback. We would greatly appreciate it. But uh, anyway, let's let's try and set this up and give her a call here. Let's see. This should be... You had a scheduled call this time, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just open it up and see. Oh, there she is. Okay. Hi, Dr. Powers. How Hi. are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Well, thank you for... Getting back with us. Good to have you on as a guest again. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess um, we, I, mostly we want to 
to talk to you tonight about uh, just kind of your actual field this time uh, on the uh, the uh, endocrinology. Um, I guess if you give us a brief kind of rundown of, of what our endocrine system is and some of the, the vast functions that it has. So I'm an endocrinologist. That means I specialize in hormones. My background is actually in pediatric endocrinology. Okay. Um, and I did all my training in the military and had a long practice in the military. And, and now I have a holistic kind of a hormone practice. So the endocrine system or the hormone system is a system of messengers. And all these hormones do is carry a message and cause an effect. And they're typically made in one place. And we think of them working in other places. For example, the thyroid. The thyroid gland is in the front of the neck. It works all over your whole body. Okay. So there are those kinds of hormones. There actually are hormones that work in very um, tiny areas, like on the cells next to them. But many of the hormones that we think about, like estrogen, testosterone, thyroid hormone, they work in places other than where they're made. Okay. Okay. That, that was uh, one that we mostly wanted to kind of talk about tonight uh, because there obviously appear to be a lot of factors in our environment that affect proper hormone balance. And there's particularly hot talk around testosterone and estrogen, possibly because they're two of the most commonly known uh, but also they're extremely important hormones that do far more than just exist at different levels in men and women. So could you tell us kind of what these hormones do and why we should be concerned about having them at optimal levels within our bodies? Well, for example, estrogen, estrogen is the feminine hormone, one of them. And, you know, it's responsible for sexual development in girls, it's responsible for imbalance with progesterone, the ability to have a baby, um, the menstrual cycle. There's an impact on the brain and there's an impact on the immune system and there's an impact on bones and there's an impact on heart. Wow. So when estrogen is in proper balance, all of those systems work better. Okay. If estrogen is off, even, even your immune system is not going to work right. It's the same with testosterone. Hmm. Hmm. So I guess, are there other hormones in the body that uh, are, uh, affect the proper levels of testosterone or, or estrogen? Like uh, we hear, you know, dopamine, cortisol, uh, other parts of the body and the functions uh, and that can work more efficiently with the as far as proper functioning of our endocrine system? That's a great question. So yes, all the hormones affect each other. And if there's imbalances upstream, it'll affect the downstream things. So I typically start with the hormone domino effect with the adrenals. And the adrenals sit on top of your kidneys and they make cortisol, which is a stress hormone. They make adrenaline or epinephrine and noradrenaline or norepinephrine and a few other things. Um, but the cortisol is really what we think of as the stress hormone. When the body is under stress, then the cortisol production goes up. And ideally, that's a temporary thing. So for example, you're late for a meeting, you hurry up, the cortisol goes up, you get to the meeting, the cortisol should calm down. Or when you get sick, the cortisol goes up, when you're well, the cortisol goes down. 
these days, the cortisol never goes down mm. because of our type A lifestyles, because of the way we eat, because of the um, pressures from work, because of the pressures from coronavirus, because yeah. of toxins in our environment. And so we think of stresses as all in our heads. Oh, I'm not stressed, I'm calm. But we have bio biochemical stresses, we have Wi-Fi stresses, we have emotional wounds, those are stresses, you know, so it goes beyond just what we think about our stresses, all of these can set off the cortisol. And so initially cortisol is high and cortisol can be high for months or years, but it does affect testosterone downstream. Okay. Um, as time goes by, the brain will actually recognize that too much cortisol is actually toxic and it will shut down the production of cortisol and the cortisols will be low. Now, cortisol imbalance has a great function, functions. It improves your immune system and decreases inflammation and it has impacts on bone. It also has impacts on thyroid hormones. So I think mm. about adrenals first and then thyroid. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Everything I've heard about, Oh, did we lose you? Okay. Can you hear you us there? I can hear you fine. Okay. We lost <laughs> you for a second. It froze up. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was just, I was just saying it was interesting to hear the positive effects of cortisol because usually when you hear cortisol mentioned, it's bad. It's a bad stress hormone. And that's about, no, that's about all you hear in the mainstream, at least, I, I suppose. True. It's a, it's, it's function in acute stress is that it actually breaks down stored carbohydrate and makes it into sugar. So the muscles can use that quickly. Mm. Um, and it actually impacts on your brain to narrow your focus, you know, because this is the survival hormone, fight or flight. Okay. Okay. You want to be paying attention to everything around. You want to know, focus and zoom in on what exactly you need to do. So cortisol has a very appropriate function in acute stress. So is that why they say that, that uh, carbs are really good in, in correlation with exercise? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Yes. It's not the way we eat them, which is 24 right. seven. Well, <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, well, pretty much everything about the, the high stress and, and diet and everything today is not conducive with that, unfortunately. True. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we, uh, I guess we understand that there's many endocrine disruptors, uh, kind of just in our daily environment. And I'm mm -hmm. certain we could do an entire episode on, on, you know, just breaking down so many different variations of thing um, on the subject. But we wanted to touch on just a few uh, that will at least get people thinking. Um, the first one that we wanted that, you know, that Cody and I have kind of done uh, some looking into a few. Uh, the first one being to discuss uh, pesticides, specifically uh Atrazine, yeah. Um, I, I would assume most people probably haven't heard of that, haven't thought about it, uh, no idea what it really is. But um, I, get, I think of the uh, may know it from the Alex Jones episode that he did with the gay frogs, and people <laughs> can say what they will about about him, but there, there've been a lot of studies on this and 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 data out there that uh, allegedly there's some very concerning data regarding pesticides like atrazine 
and its effects on our hormones, how might we kind of come into contact with different uh, endocrine disrupting pesticides? Well, another good question. So unfortunately they're in our food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and eating organic certainly lowers the level, but even eating organic doesn't mean your food is a hundred percent free of chemicals and pesticides and herbicides, but it certainly does help. Um, so people get uh, exposed to that by what they eat. They get exposed to that as it leaches from the farmland into the groundwater. Mm-hmm. You know, if you live in a in a farming community or a, an area that had been farmed and you have a well, then could your water be contaminated? Or does it leach into the groundwater and then flows into the local reservoir? And does your local water supply place actually test for that and clean that up? Oh, wow. And I'm there are variable levels of attention, testing, and cleanup. But food and water are usually the main sources for those. Most people, unless they work in farming, are not going to be exposed to breathing it or touching it on their skin. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, with exposure to these types of things, how do they, how do they actually affect the body then? What, what kind of results? Maybe, can... maybe even specifically atrazine, just since we mentioned that. Like, what does that do? Well, they all fall under this category of hormone disruptors. Okay. So the basic mechanism we think of as a hormone mechanism is that you have the cell and the cell has these receptors on there, kind of like docking stations. So the hormones are the spaceships. They come in and they, they dock at the docking station and then they cause an effect at the cell. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that can turn the cell on, in that particular hormone receptor or that can turn the cell off or decrease the result disrupts normal hormone function. And and all of them have a little bit different effect, whether they accentuate a particular like estrogen effect. Some of these pesticides do act like estrogen because they're structurally similar enough to cause the docking to happen in the cell thing estrogen. So then you go ahead and you do the estrogen things. And then there are others that block. So there's various combinations. And honestly, even the levels of hormones can cause an effect, a different effect. So they might have an estrogenic promoting effect at very low levels and an estrogen inhibitory effect at very high levels. Wow, that's interesting. And every chemical is different. (laughs) Gosh, that's that's, uh, kind of scary. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, it's eye-opening when you start yeah. to think about all these different things uh, and what are affecting our hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially even you said the like organic foods. I mean, that unless you know 100% where that came from, it, who's to say it, it what, like a, a water runoff or something like that, that it could be coming from anywhere. You just don't really know unless you're growing it and kind of guarding yeah. it yourself. You go back to the old homestead to... Right. Get away from it all. But. It, it's it's tough these days because it's in the water. Th- things, you know, if they're spraying stuff, it gets into the air and it drifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, gets the rainwater. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I brought that up. <laughs> no, I mean, no, that's, that's, what, that's what we're here for. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's part of uh, when our episode that we did with um, Pastor Jason Bender, we, uh, we kind of briefly discussed the 
some of the chemicals found in not just the food, but even the like food packaging. We mentioned some drinking water, uh, things like hygiene products and lots of other mm-hmm. sources like, uh, you know, that they're just in, in the making of different things that can be used that might disrupt, you know, with that either testosterone, estrogen levels, uh, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, really any parts of, of our estrogen or, or our, um, endocrine system. But, right. uh, I guess they're, they're placed in these things kind of in the name of preserving or disinfecting, but what kind of harm like long-term would, would they cause to the body? Uh, you know, the, in these things, it is everyday things you don't even think mm-hmm. about. Well, oh boy, unfortunately, that's disconcerting to start learning about this. Uh, In terms just of estrogen and testosterone, it can affect fertility, both male and female fertility. Hmm. It can affect sexual development uh, in utero, in babies in utero, and also in children. Uh, It can affect menstrual cycling, can affect libido, can affect menopause. So anything that, that any problems in any of those areas can be due to these hormone disrupting chemicals. And, and also it gets into the, um, the, the concept of the sexualization of our brains, because we need Mm -hmm. those hormones to, you know, promote masculinity in, in a baby and femininity in a baby. And what happens when that gets off. And there are some research that says that when those kinds of systems are off and babies are exposed to the wrong kinds of chemicals at the wrong times in their lives, it can lead to uh, transgender, gender dysphoria, um, interesting problems. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, that's kind of what seemed to to come up for us as we we were doing research but yeah very that's very concerning mm-hmm. that, that it's uh it's not like it's a something hard to come into contact with either it's it's all around you all the time mm. it's all around you all the time so i have this nice book by doris rapp who's a doctor who is i don't know if you can no, it's backwards it's uh our toxic world a wake-up call okay. and so one of her um, citations is that it appears that estrogen, estrogenic mimicking pesticides are one suspect cause of a marked increase in transsexualism or the feeling of being one sex but stuck in the body of the opposite sex. Male to female transsexuals increased from one in 45,000 in 1980 to one in 18,000 by 1986 mm. to one in 11. 1,900 by 2001. And these changes are possibly attributed to hormonal exposures, especially endocrine disrupting chemicals such as pesticides and plastics. Gosh. (laughs) Well, I guess, I mean, that's, (laughs) and that makes, that makes sense of, of it because you, you see this kind of weird new, uh, it's just, I, I would say, unprecedented sexual movement mm-hmm. in our country right now, beyond the hippies. It, mm-hmm. It's it's a new level. 
and <laughs> that that just that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. If you also think about the attack on masculinity and femininity over the years. Yeah. We know that men's testosterone levels have declined every single decade right, for right. five or six decades now. And that's a direct impact on or from endocrine disrupting chemicals. And also the Wi-Fi is another hormone disrupting toxin. Yeah, that's, that's another one we were going to um, jump into with you too, uh, as far as these are obviously all what we've been discussing outside uh, disruptors, but, you know, uh, more like chemicals. But as far as um, with the Wi-Fi and the, you know, these electromagnetic signals being things that we don't even really think about, because it's not something that you're physically putting on or, or in your body. Um, so I guess what kind of, uh, what, what, what is it about them that that's actually affecting the body then? or that can affect the body. We know that all of this wireless communication, whether it's 5G or microwaves or your smart meter or the dirty electricity and wires in your houses and your cell phones, all of these wireless communications increase, well, they activate something called the voltage-gated calcium channels in your cells. And so these are doors that open that allow calcium to go into the cell that are sensitive to electricity, kind of like an electronic gate on the driveway. Okay. Oh, that's um, and once that's open, calcium goes in and calcium is an excitatory stimulus to the cell. And one of the things that happens as a result of that is an increase in reactive oxidative species, ROS, um, from a pathway called the peroxynitrite pathway. And that ultimately ends up creating an imbalance in the normal oxidation to antioxidation status in the cell. And when the oxidation is too much and not balanced by the antioxidation, that's linked to, first of all, every chronic disease we have and hmm. balances in every hormonal system. So low testosterone, polycystic ovarian syndrome, infertility, irregular menstrual cycles, abnormal thyroid function, abnormal adrenal function, every single one. And it's also linked to abnormalities in how your immune system works. Mm, wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's quite interesting. Um, given the, the current times <laughs> with, yeah, with it affecting your immune system. Yeah. Now you, you said ox oxidation does, I thought of the word antioxidants. Does mm -hmm. that kind of this, this, is that relevant to what you were speaking of? Yes. The good point. So oxidation is like rusting. Imagine you cut open an apple and after it sits on the counter for a little while, it turns brown. Right. That process is called oxidation. Okay. You can put lemon juice on it and it won't turn brown. That's antioxidation. And that balance of oxidation versus antioxidation is essential for good health. Mm. So, you know, we take antioxidants like vitamin C and vitamin E and other antioxidants right. to try right. to neutralize some of the oxidation that's happening okay. in an attempt yeah. to stay healthy. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, it, like Cody said, there's the, the kind of alarming thing with the, the with the wi-fi as far as that's that's everywhere 
that's everything we do now. It's what we're doing right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what, what are some ways that like some, some practical ways we can kind of minimize some of that exposure uh, and I guess, you know, for these frequencies as often as possible. I typically tell my patients to try to minimize their exposures in their homes, especially at night. We do a lot of detoxing and repairing overnight. And when the body's always dealing with the Wi-Fi exposure, that doesn't happen so well. So I tell them to put all their devices either off or in airplane mode. Hmm, Most of the time that turns off all the antennas and signaling, not always. And so it's still kind of good to check with the meter to make sure everything's really off. Um, the, The Wi-Fi router should go in off. Some people put that on a timer. Some people can remember to turn it off every night. There are people who are electrically hypersensitive and they need to go beyond those kinds of steps. And there are people who are moving to ethernet cables and plugging the devices back into the wall at home. Hmm. Okay. There's shielded clothing that has fine silver particles or wires in it, fibers. So you can actually prevent some of the Wi-Fi from getting from your laptop to you with a shirt or with an apron or a blanket, which is also great for pregnant women, you know, cause we don't think about the effect of all Wi-Fi on the in utero environment, the babies who are developing in utero, but there are some countries where they make their pregnant women wear these um, Wi-Fi blocking aprons wow, around. Really? Well, that's crazy. Cause pregnant women nowadays are always on the, my wife just had a baby, so this is my only reference. But the, always on the internet, looking, you know, birth videos and why, what's the best yes. thing this for babies, and and it's just constant exposure. Right. And where do we hold our laptops and our tablets and our devices? Yeah. Right by the belly. Right there. Wow. Yeah. And then after the babies are born, we give them our cell phones to play with yeah. because it's interesting to them. It keeps them quiet. Mm-hmm. And babies and kids are actually more sensitive to Wi-Fi than adults are because they're smaller, their skulls are thinner, uh, their their brains are more conductive, they have more water, their arms are shorter, so devices are usually closer to them, and their brains are still developing, so they're more sensitive than somebody's brain that's already done developing. Wow. Huh. I, I, wonder, I wonder what the effects are as well with... Um kids with special needs because they always have some kind of screen there it's always wi-fi around because it's become a necessity now for um just you know the the therapies that psychologists have developed for kids with special needs uh autism especially i I wonder what the effects would be if that was removed how much better better off they'd be it makes you wonder doesn't it yeah Hmm. There's a, there's a group in Virginia, the Virginians for Safe Technology, and they're very much advocating for safe Wi-Fi exposure in the schools. You think about what's happened in the schools this year. Everybody's on their internets all, all the time at home, if they're home ed, and at school. And uh, for kids, there's an increase in uh, ADHD, focus, concentration, mm-hmm. yeah. ADD, depression, anxiety, sleep problems nosebleeds, stomach aches, um, eye problems, because we're exposed to this blue light all the time coming out of our computer screens. And we're always looking at this one 
um, distance. You know, when, when you're looking around a classroom, you're looking at the board, you're looking at your book, you're looking out the window and your eyes are always changing that focus. And when we don't, and then we don't blink very much, it creates more problems with vision. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's what I w- was going to be kind of my next thing to, to ask too. Cause that, you know, we said the Wi-Fi is something you don't really think about a lot, but we have heard a lot about that that whole blue light thing and how bad that is to be, you know, viewing on a phone or a computer, you know, before you go to bed and how it disrupts a, a, the sleep cycle and all that, that how it messes with your eyes. And then I guess, you know, that that disrupts that whole sleep pattern. And then you said how important it is in kind of our body recharging and doing all it needs to as we sleep. So it's just bad on multiple levels and how it all works together, affecting the entire body in different ways. That's dude. Now do these, do the wireless signals, do they disrupt sleep as well? Do they disrupt your circadian cycle? They can, because that's a stimulatory effect with those voltage gated calcium channels. Mm. And, And that's overall excitatory. Lots of people have trouble sleeping. I can't can't poor sleep have a direct impact on the testosterone and estrogen as well? Sure, because you're impacting your stress hormones, you're impacting your thyroid hormone. People who um, have problems in adrenal and thyroid often have problems with the insulin and the ghrelin and the adiponectin hormones that control weight regulation right. and metabolic syndrome, uh, weight gain, blood pressure problems, weight gain, especially mm-hmm. around the middle is strongly linked to low testosterone. Wow. Wow. And gosh, and it's in the, in the schools all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's just, it's just, of- yeah, it's, it's fascinating how many of these, um, these issues are, are linked up. Oh yeah. Connected. Um, <clears throat> you, you mentioned sleep and when, you know, how, <laughs> the disrupting of that. I, I almost hate to admit this, but, uh, I, I, I definitely have terrible sleep patterns. Cody, <laughs> Cody gets after me all the time at work. Cause he's, you know, he's very adamant about a, uh, you know, seven to eight hour regimen of sleep. And I, just because of different jobs that I've worked over the years with getting up early and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, I ended up averaging probably around four to five hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. And if I sleep longer, I wake up with headaches. And okay. <laughs> I know it's it probably as a, a, you know, it's just how I have kind of conditioned myself to function. But it, as far as I know, I need to change that <laughs> uh, because that uh, you hear so much about, the proper sleep that's, you know, the right length of time for, you know, and it, it kind of varies. I know for different age groups, there's give or take a few hours here and there, there's kind of specific um, times, I guess, between, you know, eight hours and here and there. But I guess what exactly is it that we said recharge? You know, what, what exactly is are some things that our body is doing when we end up going to sleep for that proper amount of time, get into that, you know, kind of yeah. the, the REM sleep and all that, where it's a, a good condition for sleeping. What What is our body doing when it changes like overnight like that? Well, the brain actually shrinks a bit. And by doing so, okay. it squishes out 
some of the lymph fluid. And that's a good thing to kind of flush things out and send it on down to the kidneys so the kidneys can filter it and flush it. Okay. okay. And then there's a lot of repair that goes on. You know, we're not busy digesting food usually unless you had a snack right before bedtime. So hmm. when your body is not busy digesting and paying attention to stuff and cognitively, you know, thinking and planning and solving issues and cooking dinner and all that stuff, your body has energy to do other things. Okay. So busy digesting your food. You're not doing much detoxing. That happens at night. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So, well, I guess, you know, we mentioned a little bit on, on the foods and uh, you, you, you mentioned, of course, some vitamins and, and supplements and things like that. Well, what are some, some of that type of thing that we can be kind of trying to utilize uh, to, to prevent our damage to our system and, and maintain kind of a proper function of, of the endocrine system. Excellent point. Um, with the thyroid, a lot of people are not aware that the chlorine in the water and the fluoride in the water are thyroid disruptors. Wow. And, and that's, so that's I drinking people, like city drinking water. I did not right. know that. <laughs> so a water filter that gets that stuff out is a good idea. Yeah. Do the Brita's just a normal Brita carbon filter? Does that what what good does that do? Minister? It helps a little, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't get the levels down as much as say something like a Berkey does. But with a Berkey, you have to buy the extra add-on fluoride filters. The the oh, usual. Okay. okay. So wow. if you look at the city limits where they're fil they're fluoridating the water, you got to buy. Oh no. Buy the extra add-ons. Oh. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, so then, um, I guess the, like we said, the supplements and things like that, I know, you know, you, well, you even mentioned some of those as far as on our, the last episode that you were on with those, um, just vitamins and supplements that, that yeah, for immune health right, and yeah, preventing yeah. COVID, right? Yeah. Um, we, you know, we're talking like, vitamin C, D, uh, you know, ones like that, just, just those common ones that we kind of think of. Um, but I guess, uh, the, you mentioned, uh, whole, you know, whole foods kind of, you know, uh, the ones that I guess are organic, uh, that type of thing. What, what, what should we be kind of looking for with that? Um, is it, and is, and is that uh, this approach, is that different for men and for women or do you want to take yes. the same approach, but it'll have the same effect because your body knows you're a woman and your body knows you're a man? For the most part, the approach is the same. Eating as well as you can, eating a variety of foods, mostly plants. Okay. Whether people are vegetarian or, or animal you know, meat eaters, mm -hmm. it kind of depends on the quality of the meat you're eating. You know, If it's grass-fed, grass-finished, that's much better quality of, of beef and chicken and right. pork than it is, uh, you know, what we get in the grocery stores and less chemicals and less pesticides in the grass fed, grass finished, free range, all that kind of stuff. So that's important because a lot of these um, hormone disrupting chemicals we store, if we don't break them down right away and get rid of them, we store them in our fat. So that nice marbled steak, you know, delicious, but oh, you really no. want to make sure that that one is a nice grass-fed, grass-finished product and not a supermarket store. 
product. Oh, then it gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Butter is the same kind of way because again, it's fat, you know? So what is the cow eating and what is the cow being given in terms of hormones and pesticides and stuff? Right, they do okay. use hormones in the animal industry to make the baby animals grow faster, to get them to market faster. So what are those and how do we avoid all those influences? Wow. So that's even in pretty much all dairy and everything then that's. It can be, you know, if you can find a nice cow share and you can get your, your milk from there, that's what we have to do around mm. here. Hmm. Um, okay. That's about the only way you can do it. Are, are there, are there foods and or supplementations that can give you an edge in regards to having proper testosterone and or estrogen levels? And I, I mainly I hear about testosterone probably because that's mostly what I, I look up because I'm a man. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, is there is there anything you can do to target that? If, if this is a big problem, I can only assume that the things I'm eating are harming my testosterone production. Yeah, if they're harming your body in any way, like if you're sensitive to them, if your body's not digesting them, if you're full of chemicals, they're going to ultimately interfere with your hormone mm -hmm. systems. Right. Um, the crucifers, the broccoli, cauliflower, chard, uh, bok choy, those kinds of Brussels sprouts, those kinds of plants are good detoxifiers. And anything your body can do, you can support that process will ultimately help your hormones. It's not a direct effect. It's not like they're gonna, it's gonna raise up your testosterone. There are certain herbal plant, herbs and plants where people will use them. Tribulus will bring up testosterone. Um, coleus will bring up testosterone. I think maca will. So- No, are those good to eat just, just, just anyway, just as part of a healthy diet or are those more, uh, are those better suited as a targeted, I'm trying, I have low testosterone, so I need to raise it up. Is that, that more what that's for? Or, or could, I'm pretty healthy. I, should I be eating that? Those are more targeted if you need it, okay. but especially for men, soy is a plant estrogen. And so eating lots of soy, even if it's organic is not a great idea. Right. And soy formula right, for right. babies, again, not a great mm -hmm. idea. Even, even for estrogen. females. That... Even for females, you know, we want a balance of the hormones. We don't, ex little girls usually don't need extra with all the other estrogen like chemicals in the environment, which are plastics and pesticides and, and all that. Mm -hmm. They don't need any more. They just need normal amounts. Right. Well, cause I mean, that kind of goes like, you know, we think of that, you know, men have testosterone, women have estrogen. We actually both have both and there needs to be that proper balance for men with, mm -hmm. you know, whatever level testosterone they need to have, but there is a level of estrogen that that they need to have because if they don't, if that level is low, that's also unhealthy. Same with women in the reverse. You know, you know that what, if, what happens uh, to women specifically if they have too much estrogen or too little estrogen? Uh, too little estrogen, there's not enough. Uh, the, the menstrual cycle is kind of complicated because the hormone levels change <laughs> one month long, unlike men, where it's pretty much the same all the time. Okay. But not enough estrogen will actually interfere with menstrual cycles. Women won't have menstrual cycles, there oh, wow. won't be fertility. Too much estrogen, women tend to gain weight, women tend to um, retain fluid, mm. tender breasts, uh, lots of PMS, hmm. 
Um, breast cancer, there are hormone-related cancers, breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. All of those are related to too much estrogen or the inability of, of breaking down that ex excess estrogen. And wow. breast cancer, that, that's something that has been increasing over the years. Is that correct? Breast cancer has, yes, sadly. Wow. Mm. And and so so there's definitely cause for concern with women in regards to these, like you said, the 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 mimicking chemicals that, that would mimic estrogen or even these phyto plant estrogens. Right. Right. And then it's also interesting that ovarian failure in terms of the ovaries ability to make estrogen and progesterone is more common than, than it used to be hmm. partly because of these estrogen disruptors, partly because of stress. And, and I think some of these um, vaccines, you know, there's a, there's a distinct link between the HPV vaccine that we are now giving to so many teenagers yeah, yeah. and premature ovarian failure. Wow. That's horrible. Yeah. Cause that, that's just, that hasn't been too long ago that that just really started coming up. I mean, you, you started, I think, I mean, I don't know. It may have been, that they, I guess that they really started pushing that particular one hard. Every, I, I started, Hulu, every Hulu commercial. Yeah, <laughs> you start seeing commercials for it all over the place. And it's like they're, they're really hammering on this thing. And it just, mm -hmm. you, you, I've heard a lot of negative reports about it. And then it's just, kind of, you know, where exactly is this coming from? What, you know, I don't know that I've ever known anyone to get it or needed it or any of that it, it, it's they talk like it's such a common thing but yeah it just seemed to come out of nowhere that that was all of a sudden uh here's another vaccine and it that's very strange that you mentioned that one that you know i i didn't didn't really think much of it uh but it is kind of being pushed you, like others you know <laughs> i would i would assume that companies would know the effects from trial runs that are mandatory to release a vaccine, wouldn't wouldn't you? Well, you would assume that, but that's not necessarily true. So that <laughs> was that one, I guess, kind of kind of run through the same not process that that we've. I mean, was it rushed to market? Like, uh, I, again, I don't know anything much about it. I just know that I probably over the last year, maybe two. Uh, uh, yeah, he talked about Hulu one specifically. It just it, every every ad that comes oh, up with those every this single... quick little thirty second ad where they're talking about getting that for your kids. I'm going, what is that? I don't even. I'd never it's heard a, of it. It's a sexually transmitted yeah. disease, right? Mm -hmm. So it they is. want you to they want it you to say virus. they want okay. you to say as in the in the commercials they featured young children like uh, ten years of age or younger. So you're wanting to say, yes, my son is going to be or my daughter is going to be promiscuous and it at high risk for this disease, high enough that I want to give them this untested vaccine. Right. At age 12 and 13. Right. So is that what so you mean? The ultimate, Sorry. The ultimate purpose of the HPV vaccine was to decrease the risk of cervical cancer in women. Okay. And it turns out that the studies done during development and testing of that vaccine never really proved that it 
achieved that goal. But somehow it's on the market and mm. somehow it's being pushed. And now it's not only being pushed to girls, it's being pushed to the boys too. So that's an interesting thing because boys don't get cervical cancer. No, right. But there is the thought that if we vaccinate the boys, then they won't get the human papillomavirus, the HPV virus, okay. and then they won't transmit it to the girls, and then the girls won't get cervical cancer. But again, the ultimate endpoint is a decrease in the result in the number of cervical cancer cases, and that hasn't shown up. Hmm. <laughs> Now I, I had another question. I just I just thought of in in regards to testosterone. I had heard um, I'm I'm increasingly fascinated with this subject, <laughs> but uh, I had heard that t uh, testosterone uh, correlates pretty strongly with dopamine, and dopamine being responsible for motivation and and mm -hmm. achievement. So how does how does like a, a low averaging low testosterone in men does that does that have an effect on like motivation is that why we see i, I mean i feel like on average men maybe are less motivated is i think that that's true dopamine is the hormone of reward you know and so it's yes we want to do something because it makes us feel good um dopamine in excess can be somewhat addictive. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of women, a lot of guys, especially who are the thrill seekers, you know, the ones who live on the edge to get that burst of adrenaline. Yeah. There's also some burst of dopamine, which is very rewarding okay, and right. what makes you want to go do it again. And when you don't have a lot of dopamine, you're depressed, you don't have much motivation. Mm -hmm. You just kind of want to sit around and, you know, one of the, the, Beauties, one of the joys of man and man manhood is that that desire to go conquer the world mm -hmm. and and you know do that the aggressive things and when the men don't have that it's a huge problem. Mm. Yeah, there's there's um I had heard a um couple of recruiters uh, army recruiters saying that it's just been increasingly hard to find suitable men to join men that that have have drive have work ethic and it, it really yeah. now now with in light of this it, it really seems to uh make a lot of sense I, I mean obviously there can always be more research conducted and and you know proving things and definitely is difficult but it makes sense it fills the gap there there's been a concerted attack on manhood for decades mm -hmm. now yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about the pineal gland and fluoride, but the but fluoride will calcify your pineal gland. The oh, pineal makes melatonin, another hormone. That's the sleep hormone, and cortisol mm -hmm. and melatonin are in balance in opposites. So when cortisol is high, melatonin is low. So that's supposed to happen when you get up. Mm, okay. Okay. And when the light turns orange and the fire comes on and the lights go dim and things are quieting down and the cortisol decreases, that's when melatonin goes up. And here mm -hmm. we are on the blue lights all the time with interfering with our hormones. Um, but the calcification of the pineal gland, it's an interesting thing that they refer to that as the third eye. It's the source of intuition and, and, um, discernment hmm. and 
when they've actually given fluoride in the past to prisoners to make them more docile. And here we are walking around with calcified pineal glands because there's fluoride in the environment and then we don't have people that sleep well. And we also have a lot of men who are more docile. And I just wonder, is there a relation? Wow. Yeah, there, there definitely needs to be more research funded on this to, to get as much information as possible because this is just, I, I don't know. I, I, it seems to me that the, the endocrine system just has too, too large of a role to play in depression, all of these mental and physical health issues, uh, mm-hmm. the more more I learn about it, it just it's increasingly important. The more knowledge you have of of these things, mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. it really is crazy that that the you know the the vastness of it, you know, all the different areas that it does um, have to do with. Um, it, I wanted to ask you too, as far as what some of the research that we had done uh, actually showed. Now, do they actually? We talked about obviously the the levels of testosterone. There's been studies to to say that you know in men over the years, there's you know they're looking at um, uh, you know troops back around World War II era being uh, hundreds of points above as far as the average man than what the mm-hmm. What, you know what we're seeing today, but the the average itself, as far as what's counted as normal levels, have actually intentionally been been lowered to the point where we might be hundreds of points below, you know, our our great 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 whatever you know grandfathers. But but you're you're within average because the standard has been lowered so much that it's That's right. Yeah, so it's like they they've you know put these things out that enable this lowering and then they adjust the standard to compensate for the lowering. So that's, that's right. So yeah, when you're measuring a hundred people and their testosterone levels are 400 points less than what they used to be 50 years ago, we have a new normal and it is not ideal at all. Yeah. That, that, uh, when I found that out, that got me freaked out a little bit, and I, <laughs> I started doing the old Google search of testosterone <laughs> boosting this and that, and I started eating more like macadamia nuts and and mm-hmm. broccoli. Broccoli came up actually, uh, so that was good to hear. <laughs> um, and exercise raises testosterone levels. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's why. And and and. and when so it when you get a t- testosterone spike, do you also get a dopamine spike? I don't know that. Okay. Okay. I I just wondered because you, I, most people experience being extremely motivated and productive when they work out first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, it it does put a spike in testosterone, which can, which can help with your motivation a little bit. Sure. And then there's spike in cortisol. There's morning spikes in growth hormone. Uh, there's lots of things that change during the course of the day. So Mm. I don't know if I could pinpoint it to just one thing. And then when you exercise, you also have that burst of endorphins. Mm -hmm. Now, how do do endorphins differ from, are are they hormones as well? Or are they neurotransmitters? Is there a difference between a neurotransmitter and a hormone? Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) But they're all messengers, you know, and it's interesting how the, all of these kind of got named and separated and 
but but they really are all just messenger chemicals. And okay. so the distinction of what is a neurotransmitter, it's made in the neural tissue. That's probably the hugest distinction, whereas a hormone is made in glandular tissue like thyroid okay. or ovaries or testosterone. But they're all chemical messengers. Okay. Now, what 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 do the endorphins do specifically when you and are those do those only get released when you exert when you exercise, or are there other ways that no. you get endorphins? We make them all the time. You make more when you exercise. Okay. You probably make more when you're in love. You probably you know those kinds of things. Oh wow! Pleasurable experiences. Hmm. We didn't okay. talk about oxytocin, but you know. But they're the feel-good hormones, you know. They're the pain-relieving, boost your mood. They're all they're all good. Everybody mm. likes endorphins. Gotcha. Okay. Great. Well, I mean, I don't. Know, I guess this is one of the you. We kind of went off on a few tangents. Yeah, there. it was great though. But yeah. we, uh, I guess, that was all we knew to ask about. That yeah. that's that was great. Thank you. Uh, oh, good. This has been, been a great a great follow up, especially the the last one we did with um, uh, Pastor Jason Bender uh, of Patriot Church, talking about that that attack on on masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this this conversation as it addresses a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. And just an overall health for everyone. I mean, that, that's like we said. It's it's incredible how vast the the effects of the endocrine system are through through our entire body and all the mm-hmm. different things that do affect it. So that yeah. you you've given us tons of great information. So we really appreciate it because, uh, like I said, that was just sitting you know based on, on what we had kind of looked up uh, and. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know what great, to ask. <laughs> you're a great teacher. We yes, definitely really helps make sense of a lot. So, oh, good. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, the two of you have very curious minds, and <laughs> you are going places where most people don't. So, <laughs> I commend you for that for bringing this up and letting people hear about these things. Oh, wow! Well, thank that, you. That's yeah, great to that's, hear. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, um, I guess yeah. That that's about all we we really had so if i mean is there anything else that you wanted to kind of throw out right here at the end uh just uh, you know we we mentioned before um but any any personal information for someone to follow you keep track of things you've got going on or uh you know any contact or anything like that you'd like to throw out oh thank you my website is drpattypowers.com and uh, if you give me your email address, there's actually a free ebook on hormone disrupting chemicals oh, okay. that you'll get in return. Um, and then the blog isn't very active, but uh, it has a lot on hormones in there and for thyroid and for testosterone and for oh, wow. a few other things. I have a Facebook page, Patty Powers MD. More of that is more current and related to current events. Okay, great. This, uh, Thank you. would we be able to put a link to this ebook in the description? Uh, it's just on my webpage is the opt-in thing. So oh, okay. If you okay. just give you my webpage and my website and it's right there. Great. Yeah. All we'll, right. we'll, we'll try and put your information up in the, in the description. So make it easier for people to get into contact with you. Thank you, Cody. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. Like I said, this has been great. We really appreciate it. I get have have a good 
Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. This, like I said, we, you're a great teacher, and we we definitely learned a lot. So, yeah, okay. yeah. Thank you so thank much. You. All right, well, have a good thank night. Thank you both, Ryan, Cody. Good night. Yeah. Thank you. Good night. All right. Well, that went really well. Yeah, it did. I'm so glad she was able to call us or you know call in and and talk with us again. Um, just, I mean, <laughs> so much. So much going on there that we uh, we covered a lot of information, a lot of different different topics and different things for all of us to think about for sure. Oh yeah, it's so it's so important too. It oh I think I mean even especially like with COVID too. If you really <laughs> you the things you can do that you should be doing for your immune health and and your are the same. You're maybe not exactly the same, but it, you're, you know, your hormones have a direct effect on your immune system and it, and it all, it all links up. Oh yeah. I mean, there was definitely a lot of overlap in some things that we discussed with her the first time uh, when she was on and we, we, yeah, that one was focused very specifically on, uh, you know, COVID related things and what we can be doing for our health kind of in, uh, I guess, a preemptive strike against, you know, getting you to building up your immune system and then, you know, things to be taking to, mm-hmm. you know, strengthen to the most of if you are exposed to it and were to get it, you're gonna, your body's going to handle it the best. But it really did overlap quite a bit with with tonight because it, it's, it, you know, it's all dealing with the same functions in the body system and, and how much that just doing what we can to optimize our health and be healthy, you yeah. know, whether it's eating healthy, uh, you know, working out, just, just get, you know, we've talked about getting to sleep. I know I'm definitely guilty of that. My bad. I hated admitting mm. that. Like I, <laughs> the first step <laughs> to, to admitting you have a, wait, no, the first good job. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what I, I you about. know, the thing, no, it really is. It really is just all part of the same system and all parts of what we can be doing to make ourselves the best versions of ourselves yeah and it and it tied it tied in really well uh with our last episode again like like i said with pastor bender and and this attack on on masculinity right and and i found it interesting too that the same things uh the same approach that men should take to have healthy Healthy testosterone levels are really the same for women to have good balance in their endocrine systems as well. Right. And that was and and that was fascinating too to me. Sorry. As we both were doing this research together, we kind of came to the same conclusion that maybe there's a correlation with the the new. You could call it a lot of things. We'll call it the this new modern sexual movement. And, right, and right. the you know lower testosterone levels in men and all of these pesticides, well, the Wi-Fi signals, all of this were like, and yeah, Alex Jones came up, he did, and he has a song. Someone made a remix of the Gay Frogs and all of that, but the study he referenced, is, it was a real thing. It's a legit study, yeah. And, and it, there's it, there there's is, other evidence even other than that one. That's it's it's out there if you search for it. I mean, it's done by. Done by doctors, done by scientists, and and you know, just... not that not that Alex Jones is is 
He just has a reputation for being fringe. It's not right, that he's, right. It's anything really against him. No, not at but, all. I mean, it's just information that he puts out. It, that in that particular episode, it was. You just don't want to use him. It got as your memed. Only reference. For it anything. got memed like crazy, and and that, that was why we yeah. we referenced that one, of course. But it, it was the in the. Uh, I mean, the the discussion of the the pesticide showing up in lots of food sources, uh, you know, and it could be everything from, you know, crops as well as livestock that, that, you know, drink the water that was a runoff that was, or the... Yeah, in the meat, in the water, in, right, in yeah. the vegetables, so, in, the, in the produce section, in all of it. it. It's, you can't get away from it 100%. But also, like, you know, Dr. Powers mentioned that your body does break down some of these toxins that's what your immune system is for right is to to cleanse your body of the toxins and so even though you can't get away with it totally and this again is this is just my conclusion from our conversation right uh, but there's hope because if you eat healthy if you pursue a healthy lifestyle not sedentary exercise you have to exercise right. you can't oh, just yeah. you can't just eat good and then be lazy still and get this it's it you have to do it we were designed to be non-sedentary and eat really healthy then your immune system is strong and i think it's when you have this weak immune system because you're eating like the the standard american diet of trash right <laughs> and and just in front of a screen all day that then you suffer yeah yeah I mean, that was just i guess you know minimizing these things where you can because I think you'd be hard pressed to get away from any and all of it nowadays. The way the way everything is, you know. I mean, just well, like we talked about, even if um, you know your your food sources, even if you're hunting. Uh, oh for yeah, your what food, are the deer it, eating? It, it, what are the yeah, deer eating? They're drinking from a stream. They're eating crops off of the edge of somebody's farm that could be, you know. So yeah, it it almost be impossible to get away from. And and then like we said in in the interview too, like a, the, the, you know, Wi-Fi is everywhere. We're surrounded by it. If that's oh, yeah. going to, what, what effects that would have long-term, but you know, these things have just, I mean, we're all addicted to our phones. We're all addicted to the internet. Uh, even if there were no health issues o- over long-term exposure with that, we could all use a little extra time off of those for sure. I mean, that's just, that's a given, but, uh, well, in regards to dopamine, when you're getting exactly tons of, tons yeah. of how many likes, you know, rushes, rushes of dopamine that that too much, too many dopamine spikes and dopamine hits all at once kills your neurons. So you'll never experience that same yeah, feeling yeah. of that dopamine spike from said stimulus. That's what addiction is. Right. Right. And it's so I mean, it like I said, it's just it, 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 the best thing would be in in trying to minimize those things the best you can just as and and kind of getting that optimal level of health with with what you can manage but you know with that comes obviously you know being active getting out where and, and we we talked a little bit about how the whole um you know the different processes of of ways to eat if you are you know too workout heavy with the carb loading that kind of stuff there's there's so many different other levels that you could get into in in specifics on diet, but it's really just you know 
for what we're just covering here, you know, it, it's being aware of what you get it, where what you're getting, where you're getting it from, you know, what you're putting into your body, what you're around and exposing yourself to on a regular basis that that can affect so many parts of your mm-hmm. body, so many systems over long-term usage, exposure, all that of these things. Um, well, the more the more effort you put into it, the more benefit you're going to feel. Oh, right, yeah. And I think that's just that's just the the, the whole point. There is you got to try, right? You do your do your research and do your own research. Oh yeah, on we these things. definitely would. I mean, encourage everybody to just look look into all you you can find plenty of of valid studies. You know, we're, we're going to link to the. Um, the link that Dr. Powers referenced, of course, the book that she said was in that. Um, yeah, we just but, looked. At, you actually, you, uh, we were confused. You have to, you'll, you'll put your, e- you'll enter your email in on her website, and then you receive the ebook. Right. Yeah. I thought I was confused. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I, want, I, I think that was, that was all great. Um, yeah, I guess we wrap just, up now. Yeah, we'll go ahead and close out, I guess, for the night. But uh, thanks, everybody. Um, again, uh, wherever you're listening to us on, make sure you subscribe, whether it's uh, SoundCloud, uh, yeah, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Rumble. Um, and then again, if anybody with uh, comments, uh, suggestions for the show, Make sure you email us at battlefieldspodcast at protonmail.com. All right. Well, thank you guys. And let's see. Next. Oh, uh, yeah. We do have we have an episode coming up with uh, Rick Boyer. Uh, Boyer the lawyer. Yeah. He is a lawyer. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be trying to talk to him a little bit, hopefully, about just some of the... Um, whether it's whether it's you know mandate things and religious exemptions, there's a lot of topics that we could get into on oh, just yeah. so many so many uh, questions out there right now about what you know what legal rights we have in so many different things. So um, we'll definitely be that that should be uh, next week next uh, yeah next next week. So uh, everybody be looking forward to that and. I guess that's it for tonight, so keep fighting the good fight, and God bless. Turn the friggin' frogs gay! Do you understand?